0: Do you believe that you can build a dream team that cares as much about your business as you do, and that maybe, just maybe, you can hire people who do the things that you think you do best better than you? Well, that's what we're going to find out in this episode. Hi, I'm Natalie Sisson, an entrepreneur, best selling author, speaker, host of this untapped podcast, and a lover of handstands and dogs. I've spent over a decade building successful businesses I love and teaching others to do the same. I want to help you tap into your unlimited potential and make the income and impact you desire simply by being you. In fact, I'm on a mission to help 1,000 women earn at least $10,000 a month and contribute at least 1% of their revenue to causes that they truly care about so that together we can create a ripple effect in this world. So if that sounds like you and you're on board to learn how to make the mindset shifts you need to have the business success you want and the lifestyle that you desire, then this is the podcast for you. So as promised in this episode, I really want to talk about what does it take to build your dream team? And I've actually got four steps to share with you today. But first off, I want to provide a little bit of context because ever since I had my business, about two years in, I actually started hiring people to help me out. I started outsourcing in March, 2012. And I remember that super clearly because it was just a couple of weeks before I was heading off on a big trip to cycle six and a half thousand kilometers as you do down through Africa. And I didn't have anybody to help me run my business at that point. Everything I had built to date in my business, the suitcase entrepreneur was purely built out of love, dedication, hard work, and basically me. And I knew that I needed help. I knew that I was going offline for pretty much two months and that while things wouldn't fall over and my coaching clients who I'd talked to were totally fine for me to go and take this two month break. In fact, they encouraged it. I didn't want all the hard work that I'd built in the community that I'd created and all the goodwill and visibility that I had online to just kind of disappear. And for some reason, I thought going away for two months, it would. Looking back, that's really naive. Literally nobody missed me on social media and people were just there to support because I was raising money for Women Win, a really awesome foundation and charity that helps women through sport to develop awesome confidence and skills and basically go on to become amazing women who then support communities and just create goodness all around. So it was very, very in line with all my values and still is. But anyway... I was just thinking back to how sore my butt was on that ride the whole time, every single day. I'm actually writing about this in my new book, Suck It Up, Princess, because I think it's something that I just, I want to talk about. It's such an epic adventure. And it was a huge turning point for me as well in my business, because I hired a virtual assistant, Margaret, who was based in India. I used a great platform called Upwork, and it was named something different in those days. And I found her... About two weeks before I was due to go on this bike trip, as I mentioned, and I trained her up to be my virtual assistant. And she took over looking after my emails while I was away, managing some of my social media, the scheduling, making sure, most importantly, that my customers and clients were supported because they are my first priority and they're an absolute privilege to have in my life and in my business. So they were number one. So I just wanted to make sure that they were all taken care of, that if they have any questions, she would be able to answer as many as possible, or at least just let them know that I hadn't died. I was in fact off on a cycling adventure in the middle of Africa. And you know what? It worked out so well. And I came back and I'd made money. I'd made sales. Nothing had gone tragically wrong. Margaret had handled everything really, really well. And I was like, holy crap, this stuff works. Like, I don't need to be the only person in my business. And granted, this was just 18 months, two years into my journey. So you have this thing, I think, as an entrepreneur, at least I did, that I've got to be at the center of everything because I care the most and I'm creating the courses and I'm creating the content and surely it has to be me who does this. And flash forward to, what are we now, eight and a half, nine years later. And it's funny how some of those beliefs still exist and not just for me for so many women entrepreneurs that I speak to it's this desire to be able to do more to be able to scale and make more income and impact it's this desire to be able to amplify what you do without working harder it's this beautiful dream to build a really successful business that you can run in sort of 15 20 25 hours a week or less and yet we still are afraid to hire and to delegate and to outsource. And so that's what I want to cover off in this episode today is the mindset shifts that I've had to make in order to get out of my own way, to let go, to surrender and just see what magic awaits. And I wanted to share that with you because this is still a pain point for me, even a decade later. And so with that knowledge, I know that it's mainly me. That's the pain. I'm the pain in the ass in this point and if you are at the start of your journey if you're midway through if you can resonate with anything I'm saying then please listen in because I do not have all the answers and hiring a team can be hard working with people can be hard oh my gosh dealing with people can be hard let's be honest but there are easier ways to do this and most of it starts with a shift in your mindset about what your mission is what your why is, and how you are not going to be able to do that all by yourself. And then the joys of finding the right people to be in your business, who can amplify the work that you do and just make it way better. So the mindset shift that I personally have had to make is to give up control and surrender to the moment and allow my small but humble team that I'm in the process of growing to just do what they do and to give them the tools and the resources And the space and the trust to do it as well as they possibly can with the capabilities that they can. So, at the beginning of this year, I literally still just had my podcast editor, Rolly. Thank you, Rolly, for listening to me since 2012 (laughs) when I started my podcast. He was literally the only person on my team, as well as Angeline, who'd been my virtual assistant for over six years. And a couple of months into the start of this year, she got a full time job, which I was super thrilled for Angeline because. It was a big step up for her and I think she really wanted that consistency rather than working with multiple clients. So I was super thrilled for her and then it got me thinking, okay, let's attempt to build a team a little differently this time. Let's bring on somebody who can eventually kind of run my business and run the day-to-day operations without me needing to be in every single detail. I'm in every single detail of my life and my business. I hold a lot of detail in my brain, so if any of you listening can relate. And it's quite incredible what details and what facts and what to-do lists we can hold in our brain. But it's really, really ineffective. Super ineffective. And if you've ever read the book Getting Things Done by David Allen, brilliant book. And it talks about systems of how to get things out of your head and prioritize them and put them into quadrants of what's important, what's not, what's urgent, what can wait. And I do use that. It has really helped. But I often think that It's kind of a default for me to get back into my head, get back into the thinking brain rather than using a lot more of my feeling and gut instinct. More on that as I talk. So my aim is to have a million dollar business in revenue by the end of 2023. This is completely achievable and completely doable and maybe even sooner. But the question that I've been asking myself since I set that goal is who do I need to be in order for that to be true and what needs to be in place in order for that to be true and it became pretty clear very early on that I can't be a one woman band here or with just a small tiny little bit of help i needed some serious help to come in as i start to grow and scale so that i don't actually have to work harder i just get to work on the things that i love doing and that are actually my superpowers so i asked myself what is my best return on investment And what are my superpowers? And I'm pretty damn clear on what they are. And maybe some of you know what they are, or you could tell me what they are. My students tell me all the time. My clients tell me all the time. And in the 10K club, people tell me all the time. They say, oh my gosh, how do you make these things sound so simple and easy to do? So I would like to think that my superpowers are seeing the potential in people that they can't see in themselves. I should be able to apply that one to myself a little bit better, but I digress. And then secondly, simplifying the heck out of things to make them super easy to take actionable steps on, not disregarding the big picture, but not getting stagnated or stuck or crippled in analysis by paralysis. So I really help people simplify the complex and then take actionable steps towards their dreams and goals, mainly on the business front. Definitely on the mindset front, working more and more into that space. And of course, on the lifestyle front, because one of my biggest values is freedom. And so lifestyle and space and time and looking after yourself, health, wellness, nature, all the things that make life living for me, that enjoying what the heck you do so that you can have this awesome lifestyle, really, really important. So those are just some of my superpowers, but they're probably the ones that people comment on most. That and my radical vulnerability and transparency to just be fully upfront in everything I'm doing, the good, the bad and the ugly. And I feel like we need more of that in this world. So you can always count on it from me. I have shared everything along the way and I had some beautiful feedback on Instagram the other day from a few lovely ladies who have been following me for a long time and just saying that I've just loved going on the journey and the struggles and the challenges with you in your business and your business building and reinventing yourself and changing tack and throwing out a bunch of good stuff to make space for even more good stuff. But at the time, it can feel really scary and painful. So the second thing I asked is, what do I do best that only I can do? And what can I give up and delegate? And I have to be really honest here, which I always will be. I think we all have our unique superpowers. I think we are all beautifully unique with potential that goes well beyond what we're probably using right now. But there are a lot of things that you do and probably do really, really well that you can still Delegate or hand over to people that you train really effectively. So what I'm trying to say there to myself is you are not so unique, Natalie, and so freaking amazing that nobody can do what you do. But there are things that I am just really good at doing. And a couple of these things are, apart from the ones that I mentioned, is qualities that I have, creating content and courses and training programs that people really, really get, that they make massive progress in and get real results out of, mainly towards making more income and impact. And the second thing I freaking love doing is coaching. I am sure I'm not the best coach in the world, but as I see so much potential in people, I feel like I can kind of cut through a lot of the stories and the meaning that we make out of everything and get to the heart of what their problem is and give them really solid mentoring and advice or ask them the questions that leads them to get the answers themselves and I'm consistently working on my coaching skills and it's one reason I took a course this year in the art of developmental coaching to further that but I naturally love to coach people and bring out the best in them. So if those are the two things that I hold on to that means I get to do my best work in sharing my knowledge, teaching, training, mentoring and also being a student Because I love learning from other people and my students and my clients and my beautiful 10K Club queens, as we like to call ourselves and the members. And then I asked myself the question what needs to change in order to scale? And the biggest answer to that was well, you need (laughs) to start hiring and building a kick ass team, your dream team. Incidentally, in my life pilot, three year life canvas, which is something I take my 10K Club members through, which is a vision for your life and business. Three years from now, but written in the present tense. Immensely powerful, by the way. Incredible to do. I have mine up on my pin board in my study, and I look at it every day, and it really inspires me. And my mission is right there, smack bang, in the middle. Anyway, one of my things that has been on my life canvas for too long is this dream team and also a team of advisors and mentors. So in the last four weeks, just to give you some idea of what I've done, I have hired three new team members and two coaches. And this is hilarious to me because one, this was the book month for me. This was writing my book month and focusing on that. But I tended to get a little distracted with hiring some kick-ass people. And I also decided now or never, whether you're writing a book or not, is never a bad time to take on a coach to further my progression and my professional like growth and personal growth. So I took on not one, but two, one more from the mindset piece and one more from the business strategy piece. And I haven't had a coach in 10 years. And that was the only coach that I ever had in my life. And it was six months and it was really, really good, but it was way back at the start of my journey. So I'm really curious as to why I haven't had a coach since then. And I'm really excited to have hired coaches, even as a coach. I think it's incredibly important to continue your own growth. That will be another episode. So those things have already helped me because in order to scale, I personally need to grow and be a bigger, better version of me. And then I need to get the heck out of my own way and allow other people in my team to start stepping up and taking over, really making this business what it can be. Even though it's a personal brand and I am the personal brand, I don't want to give those things up that make me unique, but it doesn't mean I need to be doing all the things. So for you... You beautiful listening you. Here are some tactical steps, four tactical steps actually, that you can do to build your dream team. So first off, you can write this down. It'll also be in the show notes, which are across at nataliesesson.com forward slash podcast. It's a good one to be doing a solo episode on because that is my birthday year. Yeah, good old 70s child. So first step is to focus on the goals of your business. So what are the goals of your business? Hopefully you know what they are. And those goals then dictate, well, what are the tasks that need to be done to meet those goals? So step one is look at the goals of your business. Step two is write up all the tasks that need to be done really to meet those goals or that just need to be done in your business on an every day or every week or an every month basis. Three, align who could do these tasks. Even if you don't have that person yet, you get to think about, well, Who could do these tasks? Who could align with these tasks? Because sometimes you might hire somebody and they can do multiple tasks across multiple areas of your business. And then step four for me is creating your dream team chart. So it's a little bit like an organization chart, but it's for you in your business. And I teach this in the 10K Club in my final lesson of the three incredible pillars that make up this club that are really, really resonating with the members. This is the third lesson in the third pillar, because I think it's super important. And this is where you start to replace yourself. So imagine an organization chart or in this place, we're going to have your dream team chart and you start off with you as a CEO or the founder or whatever you want to call yourself, chief troublemaker. I think I used to call myself chief adventurer, whatever title you give yourself. And then you put in boxes below you, all the other people you need in your team to make up this dream team. So for example, a virtual assistant is a pretty key initial hire who I hired this year and has been part of my dream team for just a couple of months, but who's doing awesome is Lauren and she is my online business manager. So sort of started initially in as an OBM and a virtual assistant but I'm moving her more into an online business manager which is somebody who really takes care of the operations and the projects and can manage your team and this is huge for me and it is a total work in progress and I'm happy to report back in a couple of months to tell you how that's going but Lauren is totally up for the task and it's we're morphing her into that role and it's exciting so then you might also need a social media manager to manage your social media, but also your voice and the message that you're putting out there. You might need a SEO content writer. So not just somebody who can write great content, but also writes it with search engine optimization in mind so that you actually have your content found. That person may be one and the same, but may not be because one is more of a sort of a marketing community management feel and the other may just be an excellent writer. So as you start building out this organization chart, you think about, Who do you need in your sales team? Who do you need in your marketing team? Who do you need in operations? Who do you need in finance? And who do you need in legal? Like if you think back to org charts when you're in the corporate world or you've seen them before, those are the five kind of areas and probably then IT, information systems, information technology. You know, those are the traditional structures within a business. But you get to make this your own, right? So think about do you need an accountant on board? Do you need them to be in house or do you need to outsource that? So I have an excellent accountant and they're on a re- monthly retainer and they do all my personal and business accounts. So I don't have to do anything apart from reconciliations in zero, which I love. And I budget and forecast and look at my profit loss in zero. Actually, let's be fair. I have not budgeted up until this month and I have not forecast. Up until this month but that is all part of me really stepping into the ownership of my income and impact and I will be sharing more about that as I go but just really getting to grips with my financials in a way that is empowering and allows me to know and track how I'm forecasting to hit my goals especially if I want to meet a million dollars in revenue I'm not just gonna get there by sheer plain luck and neither are you but you will get there so you might also need a lawyer on board. So they might just be somebody that you can consult with. So they're not actually, they're in your dream team, but they're not hired by you. You outsource to them. They consult to you, whatever you want to look at that arrangement as. And then you might need a WordPress. If you love WordPress for your website, let's call it a website designer slash manager. And again, they can be different roles because somebody who does really great website design doesn't always also know heaps about the operational technical side, but often you will find a bit of a rock star who does both. They have a good eye for design and they also understand how to maintain your website, how to do some of the more technical things like backups, etc. looking at plugins and also how to create and design and manage your content and also your landing pages and your sales pages. And then you might have a customer service person. So that is somebody who is potentially your virtual assistant. And by the way, your virtual assistant might be able to cover off on a bunch of these roles. You might start them out doing some customer service, some management of your email, and maybe some social media management. And then you might find, okay, they're actually not that much into writing. They don't have much of a feel for community management, or maybe they just don't want to do it. So great, my VA can handle these things. Now I want to bring in somebody who's a great writer and community manager. And then at some point you might be like, cool, my virtual assistant skills around managing my website are limited to just doing these things. So now I might bring on a designer to overhaul my brand and maybe do some beautiful sales pages or landing pages to really start my site looking more professional. But all of these can come in at different times, depending on what, depending on the focus and goals of your business. So in my instance, for me to have this million dollar revenue, and I'll tell you why that's my new goal and never has been before. I really need to have a firm eye on my finances between myself and my accountant and let's face it Josh because he's awesome as a partner and he's amazing with spreadsheets and finances so I'm really leaning into his skills and enjoying learning from him and then I need Lauren to be my awesome online business manager and continue to take over running A lot of the things that go on inside my head and make them streamlined and smooth. So the systems that I already had in place, the templates that I had in place, the tools that we use like Asana and Google Drive and Slack, just really making those run better. She manages my social media and at this point in time, we're hiring an SEO content writer to do my podcast show notes and also to repurpose a lot of these great shows into awesome blog posts. I have a virtual assistant who's come on to help with some of the tasks that are taking off Lauren so she can free up more time to really manage the flow and the efficiency of the business and hiring and training people and onboarding them and literally taking over what I used to do all the time, which is, I wouldn't say micromanaging, Lauren may say different, but just looking at all those details. Have you done these things yet? That's great. Could we do it more like this? Excellent. Can you fix this? Change that? Great. How are you feeling? And just really working with a team to get the best out of them. And then I am bringing on a beautiful person to do some branding and design for me. And then some ongoing design. But at this point, we're just working on a brand redesign project. So I'm excited to show you that on NatalieSisson.com. Then I will hire somebody to do my photos because I need some photo refreshes because I want to come out with a bigger, bolder brand that really stands for the income and impact that I personally want to make and that I want to help other women entrepreneurs make. So it's time for an update. It's time for Natalie Sisson 2.0. Maybe we're even on to 3.0. And so not everybody that I hire has to be on the team. But the core players on my team right now can do virtual assistants, online business management, WordPress, website maintenance and design, and also SEO and content writing, social media management, and community management. The rest right now can be handled or I can handle, such as the sales funnels and some of the optimization and the writing the email autoresponders and the creating the courses. All of those things I actually really enjoy in creating and designing landing pages and the copy, but not all of it do I need to be doing. That was interesting English, wasn't it? A little bit like back in the old ages. Anyhow, I digress. So the question for you then is, who do you really, really need on your team, part-time or full-time? By the way, I hire everybody as an independent contractor so far. I have never actually had a part-time or a full-time employee. Every single person that I have is an independent contractor, so they invoice me for their work. I'm not responsible for their holiday pay or any of their taxes. They take care of all that. And I really like that because it gives me a lot of flexibility to increase their hours where necessary, but it also gives them the independence to kind of manage their clients and run their businesses how they like. That may change in the future, but right now that is how I've operated for a long time, and I like the independence and freedom it gives me. And in some senses, the security over how much I can budget for within my team and totally open to having some employees in the future, but this has worked really well for me. So for those of you freaking out about having a legitimate full on employee, you don't have to, if you don't wish to, and sometimes they don't want to be. So we can talk more about that, I'm sure. And then the other question for you is part-time, full-time, do you want them in-house or do you want to outsource it? And In-house to me means like they're part of my team, they're definitely somebody that has email addresses, they know my business, I will train them up, we will onboard them, we will hand over things to them, we will bring them into the culture of how I want to run the company and the values and the philosophies that we have and the way in which we operate and what our values are. And then somebody who I'm outsourcing to might just be a project like, hey, help me with a virtual summit or help me create this thing. And that might be project based. And so I would just outsource that. I wouldn't bring them in fully. I wouldn't onboard them. I wouldn't, I'd certainly get them on Slack and Asana, et cetera, but we might not go through the whole onboarding process and welcome them in because they're there for a fixed term or a fixed position. And you know, right now I've hired one SEO content writer who's just doing long form blog posts and wants to stay on Upwork and is happy to just communicate there and it's perfect for me because I will just drop a document in there or Lauren will and they'll just get back to me that way and that's it so they don't really feel like they're part of my team I don't know anything about them we haven't had a phone call I did a test blog post trial with them and so far so good and I'm just every so often sending a little bit of work their way and so it's really not somebody who I would consider as part of the team. And two great platforms to leave you with before we sort of wrap up this conversation and I will finish off on the million dollar revenue mark. Do not worry. I think the two best places to get wonderful team members from and to find them for me has been Upwork through and through forever. Oh, it used to be called Odesk. Now I remember Odesk way back in the day for those of you who remember and then they rebranded to Upwork and I still find it an excellent platform with millions of freelancers around the world and you can hire people within your budget, within your experience range, who speak different languages, who have specific skill sets. You can get super granular when you're putting your job posting out there. And it's just all on the platform where you can hire them, contracts created there, the agreements are there, the time reports are there, you can pay them through Upwork, you can see their work through Upwork, you can see what they're working on. I mean, if you want the sort of security of that, then it's a great platform. So I'll share. The link to it in the show notes. And the other place that I love going to is a platform specific to what you're needing. So for example, with writing my book and launching my book, I've been needing an editor, a copy editor, cover designer, an interior designer, somebody who's going to help work through the launch strategy with me who's going potentially help just in terms of the marketing, maybe the book, website design, etc. And so I'm using a platform called Z for that. Again, I will pop that in the show notes so you get the right spelling. And that is where you specifically will find those people. Like it is for authors and book marketers and freelancers who help people get their books out into the world. So it's a very specific niche platform for people who are writing books, which is perfect. And so at least by going there, you know you're getting people who have signed up specifically with the skills you need to get your book out into the world. And the final place that I will go to, so when I said the first was like a platform where you have access to a ton of freelancers who have the skills and expertise you need. And then the second is through referrals. So I love asking my entrepreneurial friends and peers, hey, who are you using right now? That's doing great work in Facebook ads. So I recently hired an excellent Facebook ads person. They have their own company. That's what they do. So I don't really consider them part of my team, but we're working together on the Facebook ads right now. And that was a total referral from a friend, which has been awesome. And they're based here in New Zealand as well, like Laureners. And I find that really important. I love having a global team, but I like having a few key team members or people who I'm working with in my own time zone. It's just miraculous. And I have worked across every single time zone. So for me, referrals are great because you trust the person you're talking to. They've had experience with them already. They've kind of vetted them just through the experience. It's the same as if I go to somebody who I really like their website design. And then I often look down the bottom of their website and it says "design by X. So then I'll go to that person with the website. If I know them, if they've been on my podcast, if I've been on theirs, if we're in the same circles and I'll say, hey, do you recommend your designer who did your site? And if they're like, oh, 100 percent, yes, they're amazing. I ask for an intro. So I have hired a bunch of people through intros and referrals and also from my community or groups that I'm in. So if you're part of business Facebook groups, business LinkedIn groups, I always ask, like, hey, who are you using who does great work around design? Who are you using who is an excellent virtual assistant? Who do you use to get pitched on podcasts? Who is an excellent Public relations person, can you tell me anybody who's great with Google ads? So just ask around, obviously, still do your due diligence, but I would far prefer a recommendation from a friend or peer that I trust and admire than going off into a random site. I have so much more to tell you about building a dream team, but we have many episodes to be able to do that. (laughs) So stay tuned and make sure that you are subscribed to the Untapped podcast. And I would just love, love, love to get any of your questions, what else you would like to know essentially about hiring a dream team. So I think one of the coolest ways to do that is to leave a comment on this episode, which you'll find across at Sisson.com, or hit me up at Sisson on Instagram, tag me, maybe take a screenshot of where you're listening to this podcast, and then ask me your dream team question. And I will be super excited to answer it for you right then and there, and also in a future episode. So finally, back to the million dollar question. Why do I want a million dollars in revenue? It's a good question because one of my beautiful 10K club members said, I was curious to hear that you mentioned that in the podcast. And I was like, did I? And I know myself. If I mention something publicly, I'm far more likely to really make it happen. So a big part of my mindset shift is coming to terms with, yeah, this is something I want. And why do I want to earn a million dollars in revenue? Because I just want to. I want to know what it takes to build a million dollar business and who I have to be to build a million dollar business. I've got to multiple six figures before in my past businesses. And I'm just really curious about under my own personal brand and kind of starting over what feels like in the last year or so, or even less, I just really want to know what it's going to take and I've given myself a time limit and I want to know then how to scale and how to do more of the work that matters and really build this business that I have now into what I know it can be and to make that impact. I want to be able to invest in people, I want to be able to hire more people, I want to be able to donate more money to causes that I really care about that lift women up. So I just want the opportunity to have that revenue so that I can make more of an impact. And granted with that, I want a really healthy profit margin of probably around 50 to 60%. So that will allow me to do a lot more in investing in property and paying off the mortgage on our beautiful dream home that we have, on potentially building a new property, on buying land, on buying an ocean side, not right by the ocean or beach, but an ocean view property in the future. And it just allows me to be able to think about where can I invest who can I help? Who can I hire? How can I make more income and impact? So that is purely the thing, like because I want to, and because I'm really curious about what it takes. That's my reason. I would love to know what you want to be making and by when. This is something that we talk about a lot in the 10K Club. If you are curious and fascinated and just a little bit excited about maybe coming to join this beautiful bunch of queens, who are all on their own path and journey to making at least $10,000 a month. Some are well off that, but they have a game plan and they know where they're going because we're working through it. Some are already hitting that and beyond. In fact, some already said we should have a 50K club. But the point is it's about consistently earning the amount of money that you deserve so that you can make the income and impact that you desire. That's what I'm here to help you do. So head across to nataliesisson.com forward slash 10 K that is one zero K if you're curious apply and let's have a chat. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the untapped podcast. I think I have just talked away at you for a long time. No notes, really just a couple of bullet points that I had that I really wanted to speak to. And I don't know about you, but I could jam on this for ages. So again, if you have any pressing questions about what does it take to build dream team, who do you need, I hope this episode has helped you greatly. Come access the show notes. I will be talking about this more. And as I said, just tag me at Natalie Sisson. Ask me your questions and let's have a cool conversation. Because this needs to be talked about more. You aren't going to build a business that you love and a life that you truly adore if you're trying to do it all on your own. Not going to happen. Let's do it together. Take care and go tap into your potential.